0: The last 12 months has changed our lives in ways which we never expected. Welcome to COVID Lives, a podcast series that looks at Irish lives during this extraordinary time in history. My name is Gavin Dowd, and I'm going to be speaking to people who have unique and meaningful stories to share about their lives throughout the pandemic. Whether it involved looking out for others, starting something new, or just finding ways to remain positive amidst the doom and gloom. Today's guest is Lena Tice, a player on the Irish women's hockey team.
1: You don't think the Olympics is going to be cancelled, you just don't ever think that, I mean, what the heck.
0: In early 2020, Lena was building up to a feat that every athlete aspires to, representing their country in the Olympics. And there had been such excitement for the Irish women's hockey team, given that they reached the final of the Women's Hockey World Cup in 2018, a team which Lena had played on but the rug was pulled from under them last year when Tokyo 2020 was postponed until this summer. In this episode, you'll hear about how Lena managed to avoid the temptations of lockdown, which the rest of us indulged in, who the Irish women's hockey team is most looking forward to facing in Tokyo, and how the team managed to maintain morale over the past 12 months. Lena, let me take you back to that surreal moment. It was March 2020, We were all sitting on the edge of our couches watching Leo Vradker announce that the country was going into a lockdown. At what stage of preparations for Tokyo 2020 Olympics was the team at?
1: Yeah, we were just full-blown in training. Uh, You know, full steam ahead, looking towards um July 2020 for the Olympics and we were actually, I think it, like I get a bit confused around my lockdown dates but I think we were due to fly to Durban in South Africa um maybe the Monday after the country started closing down so yeah, we. It, I mean, it took us by as much as of a surprise as it took everyone else. But um, certainly, our life went from kind of a hundred to nothing.
0: So, were you not able to train for weeks and weeks then?
1: No. So when when we initially kind of went into lockdown and um, COVID became a thing, we we had to stop completely because. You know, Sport Ireland, Hockey Ireland, no one had any idea how to manage it. Um, No one knew enough about the virus. So, yeah, we were just sent home. I suppose initially we kind of thought we were going to go home with the view that, like, we would be back, you know, and we would still go to the Olympics. Um, It seems so naive now to have thought that way. But, yeah, so we were sent home um, to do, like, a running block on our own. Um, and then kind of then a few weeks later, a few weeks into lockdown, um, the Olympics uh, was given the red light. So.
0: Well, at that moment in time, the rest of us were languishing on the couch, eating copious amounts of banana bread, watching Netflix. Did you enjoy any of these luxuries of the first lockdown?
1: Well, to be honest, up until the day that the Olympics was officially delayed, we um, yeah, we worked really hard. We ran hard and gyms did everything we could from home. Um, And I think we were probably just like, close your ears. Don't listen to any of the outside noise like this is going to happen. And like, we have to be ready when it does. Um, And then it was obviously delayed or initially cancelled on one um, dreadful day. And I think from then on, I think we took a break. Everyone took a break. I think everyone did get on the couch for a bit. And um, I remember like the next morning I woke up and just baked myself like 10 scones and ate them with like whipped cream and and butter and jam. And I was like, this is it now. Like, um, so we definitely took
0: Is that the ultimate treat for an Irish hockey player? Baked scones?
1: (laughs) That That sounds really pathetic when you say it like that. But I yeah I mean I'm very keen on them um I think the ones I baked were particularly nice um so yeah it was just it was wild and I think we did take that time off you had to because you had to just let your mind process things um but when you know training kind of came back round again um you know, we, we just have to shift our focus. And when you can just set your eyes on on the next goal, you know, it's easy to just carry out the day-to-day tasks and, and keep working hard.
0: So let's fast forward a few months. Were you back to training last summer then?
1: So I'm just trying to remember, I think we didn't get to go back on the pitch together or like do anything together until, um, I mean, I'm going to say late July. It was really late. It was really late. I actually um got a stress fracture in my foot previous to that from running on the roads um, just because I don't have a pitch around me and you end up just running on the roads and I just did too much of it and I picked up a stress fracture. So then even when we went back, you know i'm i'm i couldn't train with the girls so it was hugely frustrating and um yeah a challenging yeah difficult time definitely
0: and how did the team cope once you were back together after having been apart for so long
1: i think it was a mix i think it was a mix uh in a way we were just so dying to be back together because if if you can imagine it we do everything together we eat sleep like train, recover, you know, like everything. We we do it together. Like when we're away on trips, which we spent, we spent a lot of time away together. And obviously we're in each other's pockets. We come home, we train together. And as well as that, you, like your teammates are really the only ones who understand what it's like. And they're the ones that, you know, share the level of discipline with you, share the time commitments with you. So when we got the news, we were obviously all apart. Like we couldn't go through it together, and we had this really long stretch of time when we didn't see each other, which was really really odd. So when we came back together, we were just like dying to be around each other and just hang out, to be honest. But I think you know everyone. It was like a, it was like, a, it was like going through grief almost, grieving the Olympics because still at that point we didn't know if it was going to happen. And um, so in that way, everyone kind of functioned a little bit differently. But yeah, ultimately, like we did just come together and i think we've grown stronger from from it
0: at the time we're recording this podcast there's less than 100 days to go until the tokyo olympics and you're battling an injury tell me about that
1: yeah so i've just picked up a bit of a foot injury um i i also had a foot injury last summer so evidently i have something wrong with my gammy feet so i yeah i'm just you know it'll be about six weeks i'm kind of two or three weeks in um so I'm just on my focusing on my rehab like I'm fortunate in that there's still time um but it's it's stressful and you know selection is is happening soon and stuff so you know you don't want to be injured as an athlete, but you know also it's just it's part of the game um and I'm very lucky that this isn't gonna you know keep me out for the whole summer I still have an opportunity to get back um so the girls are actually away at the moment playing against g b um in in london so I'm, I'm i'm obviously not with them because of covid i can't travel if i'm injured you know you have to be able to play to travel so it's tough being away from the girls but you know i can only do what i can do so i'm getting the head down
0: tell me about your games against team gb a few weeks ago how did they go
1: yeah they were they're were, they were good Um, so we actually we beat gb for the first time ever uh in the second game which was yeah it was special to be a part of because we end up playing uh GB or England a lot um and I don't actually think we've we've ever beaten them we've like drawn to them loads of times and it's been so frustrating because it's like you're not that much better than us but why can't we beat you so it was good to get that win you know it's always nice to beat the English isn't it so um it says me with an English accent um but uh yes, yeah, so that was cool and then we drew the third game. Um but yeah, it was a great series and I think we were we were playing really well. Um and it you know, it was nice to just know that all the work we were putting in and training you know was paying off and and we were really getting better as a group.
0: So looking ahead to the Olympics, which teams are you worried about and which are you excited about playing?
1: I don't think we're worried about anyone. I think we're excited, definitely excited to play everyone. Holland is in our group, and they're number one in the world, and they're an absolute powerhouse. So I wouldn't say we're worried to play them, but I'd say you know that would be that would be a game that you know if we got anything from it, we'd be like that's a bonus. Whereas all the other games, it's like we want we like we need to win these games, you know. So um, we're so excited, and you know we are we know our group for the Olympics, um, and we know who we need to beat you know, we know what our goals are and I think we, you know, we, we can do a really good job out there.
0: This definitely shouldn't be understated because this is the first Olympics for Irish women's hockey. It's a really exciting time for the team. Tell me about what this means to you.
1: Yeah, we are, we're so excited. I mean, (laughs) we, we're playing the Europeans in June. Um, at the beginning of June, which is also a really important tournament. And so right now we're probably just thinking about that, but obviously, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like the Olympics is this summer. And, and yeah, I, we're unbelievably excited for it. There's going to be no supporters there um, or no foreign supporters anyway, which obviously is, is difficult. And um, your family and your friends are a huge part of your journey as a, as an athlete. So knowing that they definitely won't get the chance to travel is is tough but at the same time I always joke I saying that like we'd play it on a car park if we had to now like you know we're just dying to get out there and we're dying yeah we're dying to play we're dying to compete and and show what what we've been working on and show how we've used this extra year of preparation um and we've made the most of it. Um, but yeah, as well as that, like selection hasn't been made. Um, you know, you um, I say that over and over again, but, you know, we're also fighting for a spot in the plane. They only take 16. So um, that's, that's another huge element of it. So in a way, you're like, I need to get over that hurdle and then I can really think about what the Olympics looks like.
0: And whatever about not having support from your family and friends on the sidelines because they can't attend... How does it affect the team not having the atmosphere of crowd in the stadium?
1: Well, like, I mean, there's 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 not not a big crowd of training in Abbottstown, you know, so <laughs> there's there's actually no crowd. And um, so we're actually pretty used to it. I think will be sweet. Like, I mean, the crowd is awesome. And I think we do buzz off the crowd and we definitely feed off it, but it's not a necessity for us. Um, we're well able to put in absolute max effort and perform to the best of our ability, you know, without anyone screaming for us, you know? So yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to impact, impact our game. It's just, you know, the experience, you know, you want a crowd there and you want the people you love um, watching you.
0: Everyone has picked up something over the last year to distract themselves from everything else going on. But as well as hockey, what have been the important things for you to take your mind off things?
1: When, when, the thing you're really reaching for, which is the Olympics, is is still de- there on the horizon. You know, you can't stop working. Um, and when there's competition in the squad and you're fighting for a place like you can't let a day go by where you're not um, kind of nailing everything you do, whether that's your preparation or like when you're actually out there on the field or your recovery, you know, you got to nail all those things. Otherwise, you just you lose ground. That's just the truth of it um but I think I I try not to just lean on hockey you know I love doing other things like I don't just eat sleep breathe hockey all the time um like I I love music I play I'm not I'm not very good but like I play a lot of the guitar and the ukulele and stuff and I find that that's something I love to do and can kind of clear my head and um I don't think I've got any better at it necessarily over the last year, but I've maybe I've um, brought in kind of <laughs> my track list. Uh, but that's, a, that's a big thing for me. And then I suppose just my family being around my family and enjoying that. And it was amazing to be just with them for so long over lockdown and have that time together. And, um that's, that's what I really love. So Yeah, there's a lot of things that keep me going and hockey is one of them, definitely.
0: Well, I mean, it's good to hear that it brought your family together. I think for many people, too much time in close proximity to family members drove them apart. (laughs) It's a sign of a healthy family dynamic.
1: Yeah, it was a close call, I'd say. We managed.
0: (laughs) Now, this might sound like a cliched question, but I think it's worth asking anyway, considering the hurdles that we've all had to overcome as a result of the pandemic. Lena, what have you learned about yourself over the past 12 months?
1: Goodness. Um, I think I've learned more about myself in the last year than I have in my entire life. Um, I think the first thing I learned was how much I love playing, you know, how actually the enjoyment of playing um, the game of hockey and just playing sport is actually really at the, the centre of, like, Why I decide to go out and and go through all the tough times. Um, I love competing. Like I I realized that pretty quickly in lockdown when like I had no serious games to play, and we have a basketball net. And like you know, me and my brother would kind of leave in opposite directions, not speaking to each other. I was like, "Mm, I definitely like competing. So that's one big thing. And then I think the second thing is just that you know. It was taken, like, you don't think the Olympics is going to be cancelled. You just don't ever think that. I mean, what the heck? Um But it was, and it just shows that anything can be taken from you, no matter how um, certain you think it is. Um And that kind of, you know, then pointed me more to my faith, my Christian faith. And, you know, for me, you know, there is one certainty, and that is that, um you know, to me jesus died on the cross for me and i i can have i can have a trust in that 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 doesn't go away um even if you know the world is falling down around you um so yeah just that awareness of even if you think something is so certain and it could never it could never be taken from you like it can and you have to figure out where you put your hope um and for me that's in jesus christ
0: Lena, thank you very much and the very best of luck with Tokyo 2020. That's episode one of COVID Lives, thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. Talk to you soon.